and welcome to Mike's Camera Action. I'm Carl, and I'm joined by... Alex, hello. And this week we're looking at something a little bit more modern, a little bit more into the, you know, closer to now, but still set way ages ago. It's LA Confidential. Pretty sure that film's like 20 years old now, at least. Uh, what, what, it came out in 91, was it? Oh, jeez, it's older than 20 years. Yeah, it's 20, like almost it's 30. It's almost 30 years. Wow, and, and, it, and it seems so new when we first watched it. Oh, it's 97, but still, it's over 20 years. Yeah, it's so over 22 years now. Yeah, 22 years since the film co- came out. We're talking yeah. about a near noir film. Yeah, it's weird, it's weird saying that, isn't it? Yeah, um, um, mostly because it doesn't fall into the, like the traditional noir like post-war period. Yes, although it is set in the same era. As, it's set in the same it's, era, it's but the same it's the era that they were made in. It's the production that it's the, the post-war era. Yeah. Well, yeah, being being in the '90s, it's even pre 9/11, so it's a yeah. very, uh, it's very, it was made in a very different time. Yeah, it's weird because it still tries to do like, it's still a lot of those same tropes and ideas, but it does definitely mod, it does definitely come towards a more modern audience where it's a lot grittier and darker than a lot of the film. Oh was. yeah, if you remember our last episode when we were talking about the Maltese Falcon and mm. we were talking about and when they're all in the room and they decide to throw, I don't remember the guy's name now, Wilma, um, Wilma under yeah. the bus. And they all just like go, yeah, no, we'll send him to jail. Um, everyone in this is so much darker than everyone in this. Way worse. Like actually, who's played by Guy Pierce? You think he's coming across, and he's like, oh yeah, some okay dude. He's okay enough. Um, yeah. Well, in the first, like just in the first scene, yeah, you he, get of Exley. He's got he like re- a clean cut appearance. He he seems like very bookish and very straight edge and like you know by the book kind of character. He refuses to take a, bri- a bribe from Jack Vincennes, and he tell and he tells his captain uh, Captain Dudley Smith that he wouldn't shoot a suspect in the back because he thought the DA was going to give him time off. He wouldn't beat someone up for an, uh, to, if, to force a confession out of them, and he wouldn't be willing to plant evidence. So he seems, he seems like a person who's trying to just get justice and, and play the good yeah. guy. And by the end of the film, he does everything except plant evidence. Yeah. He beats up, they beat up the DA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does help beat down the DA, and he shoots a man in the back. And he shoots his captain he in shoots the back. His captain in the back, another cop. And we we see like that all of the work he's been putting in to appear like the straight edge cop is more of an act. It's not quite it's not actually him yeah. being straight edge. It's more of like he sees that if he plays that character and that role of being, you know, the good guy cop, yeah. then it'll reflect well on his career and it'll help him get where he wants to go. Yeah, it's but he's like not to get confused, he is concerned with justice, and he wants to yeah. see justice done. And he, but he, it seems that he wants to go about the legal system, which is the way he he wants to use the legal system to do it rather than beat downs. Yeah, he's he's taking a lawful approach to get to yeah you know, get to the top tier. Is he want he he sees that there is an order to things, and he wants to be at the top of it in his own yeah. in his in his way, which is the way of the law. Yeah, and he knows that like by by adhering to this. Um, because the opening narrator by um, Danny DeVito comes across and it's like this very, um, it's all about the LAPD's concerned about its image. Yep. And it's right. They are concerned about their image. Yeah, this is very early in like, in sort of LA, in, in this is when Los Angeles is really becoming like the city of angels. They're throwing that line out a lot. It's the big, it's in the 1950s. So it's about a decade into Hollywood's big climb. Yeah. Um, 
so it, there's this big image around Los Angeles, and there's a lot of people moving to Los Angeles. Like it's this, it's it's this big development at the moment. So the and so there's a big point on like the LAPD has to keep up a image of being a protector of the city and a protector yeah. of the people. And there's a lot of, but at the same time, there's a lot of corruption going on at the same time. Yeah. So what happens, right? It's Christmas Eve, and a lot of them get drunk and. Apparently there were two cops that were assaulted. From actually, you hear that they're only sitting at home with bruises. Yeah, one like a couple of muscle sprains and bruises. Yeah, and then you every time you hear what happened to them again by anyone else, it gets worse. Yeah, the cops keep saying like, "I heard this one's in a coma and won't wake up. This guy's got uh, lost an eye." Yeah, and so they get they apparently pull the um. They're apparently Mexican people who did it. I don't know. Mm. Who knows if they actually did it? Yeah. And so then they get jumped by the police who are all upstairs getting drunk because it's Christmas Eve. Mm. So actually goes in and he's immediately ready, willing and ready to rat out his, to to testify. Yep. After seeing um Bud White, who's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to testify. Yeah. Well, the person who incited this like act of violence is is White's partner. Yeah, it was White's partner. Yeah, who's who's a a, a year away from uh, his pension, his retirement. <laughs> but um, Ed, to be fair, was like the only people you throw into the bus of people you um who have their pensions. Yeah, and Stensland. Yeah, like he was he was perfectly willing to say, "I will definitely testify against these people because you know, big deal if uh, if if they get yeah. thrown under the bus, you the, know, they they're not going to suffer for it. No, they're not going to suffer for it. So they goes those guys go down, the others yeah. stay and. Uh, and it and it's a good and it shows like he's willing to th- he's he is willing to to some degree um rat rat out his own kind like he's willing to yeah. go against uh, the police force a little bit and but at the same time it seems like the sort of ju- like act of justice where he's like yeah. someone's got to someone's got to ta- someone's got to pay the price you know we can't have cops yeah. go, uh, running around beating up uh, locked in locked locked up suspects yeah but the whole thing is is the public image thing yeah because then then um, when Vincennes comes in and he, he immediately knows how to work Vin- he knows how to work Vincennes yep like you tell him to testify or he's going to get bumped down to something mm. and he's off the show. Yeah. And he'll testify because he wants to be on the show. He likes the fame. He likes the um. Yeah, Jack Vincennes is this detective who he he seems very much kind of like it, it's to him it's kind of like an act of celebrity being a cop. Yeah, like he like he's he's friends with um, Danny DeVito's character yes. Sid, the guy who runs Hush yeah. Hush magazine, and so he's he he's in um he's in Vice. Um. So, oh no, no, he's in, he's, no, sorry. He's, he's in narcotics. Sorry. He's in narcotics to begin with, and he's like yep. making drug busts because Sid knows where they are. So he tells Vincennes, yeah. gives him a bit of money. And, Vincennes busts it, and, and Sid's got the photos. And this being 1950s LA, the uh, narcotics is very like it's it's very like highbrow and has a lot of like celebrity to it. Yeah. So that's why he wants to do that instead of instead of Vice because yeah. Vice is a case of like okay, well it's a lot. Of, you know, like he doesn't want to be on like. The unfortunate detail of things like homicide, where it's just okay. Well, I go out to crime scenes and blah blah blah. He wants to be like, I'm on the pinnacle of a cocaine bust, or you know, yeah. I'm going around catching like the guys doing reefer. Oh, it's reefer madness in LA right now. And then he stashes it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, man. You you know, no booger sugar for the people, but for me. <laughs> yeah. What booger sugar? <laughs> you haven't heard that term? No. Oh, that's cocaine. <laughs> I figured, yeah. but I'd never heard it that. Oh, really? No. Oh, man, that's a good one. 
it's really interesting because mm. he he does have this like flip, like as soon as he's on um, Vice, he's like, I want to get out. And yeah. Like, oh, you got to make a big case. So immediately Goes he tries to, to make the, the big case. case. Yeah. And he's actually a good, and he's actually pretty good at detective work. Yeah. Like we see that he's he's not just you know some guy around for show. He pr- like because of him, um, him and Exley pretty much crack open the Night Owl case within the day. Yeah. Like, um, Dudley's guys beat them to it only because they're planting evidence for this corrupt case. Yeah. You know, that's the only reason they that's the only reason they stumble across these guys with uh who've already found, you know, the shotguns in the in the trunk or in the car because they're putting the shotguns in the t- in the car. And as um I think it's actually says they probably would have shot them too if we weren't there. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, exactly. That was the whole cover for um for the night owl was they were just going to shoot all the suspects and problem solved, which you know happens the long way round. Yeah. It just so happens that the person who gets the medal of uh, medal of valor is you know Exley instead of one of these guys. Yeah, and then see, it's really interesting because you've got that that happens, and then like later on, like they've rescued they've rescued um they've rescued that poor woman, mm. and then all of a sudden it's was she actually telling the truth? Yeah. I like this film because you've got White and you've got Exley and they're slowly reaching the same point. Mm. But because they're missing each other's information, they don't get to that point. I, I really like how well um the movie does with it shows these three cop like these three cops yeah. who all get um who all find different information to do with this one overarching case. But you don't quite it takes a long time for it to settle in that it's actually the same case and they're all coming to the same conclusion just yeah. with different directions. Like, like Bud White immediately finds out about the um the prostitution ring that uh that, that b- yeah. big boy billionaire's running, whereas Exley takes ages to find out what's going on, and Jack Vincennes is sitting there, and Jack uh, Jack gets there second because he finds the fleur de lis uh, card yeah. on a during a drug bust. So he's so he so he takes a long time figuring out okay what is fleur de lis and trying to you know work around that. And stumbles across it because of this uh, different murder case with yeah. this uh, with this actor. Yeah, and then you've got Exley who's like out there getting other information, just and mm. it's like, hold up. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, while like Bud White's on top of that, Exley's cracking open the corruption case with uh, yeah. with the captain. Yeah, like he's reading all the because fu- they mentioned that um Meeks and because uh, yeah because Vincennes goes up. Vincennes cracks it first, really, because yeah. he goes up to the captain and talks about Meeks and... Um, uh, Meeks and Sten... Stensley. Stensley, yeah. Yeah. Stensley? Stensley, whatever. Stensley. Oh, what, Stensley. Stensley. Yeah, whatever his name is. And he goes up to him and, like, you know, you know, there were these busts. What happened with this? Mm. Um, And he gets shot. Yeah, because, well, Vincennes pretty much has... The entire thing figured out, except that there's a corruption thing. Except that you know, except that his captain, who has just gone to, is at the head of it. Yeah. He has everything else worked down, worked down, and he goes, "Okay, I know exactly what's going. Like, I know what's going on. I just don't know who and why." Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where like I know, I don't know, I know everything that's happened, but not if it's st- it doesn't realize that it's still happening. Yeah. And so that's why he pulls off the Rolo Tomasi thing. Yep. Which let off Exley. Great tip off. 
Like that was really yeah. well done by him. Just like, well, he got two words in ya. Just throw out the one thing that only uh, Exley's gonna know, which is the name of a person who doesn't exist. Yeah, and and that's the whole thing. Actually, just talk to him about how like Rollo Tomasi was just a fake name. Yeah, it's for just the guy something that shot he, his dad. It's just a name and personality he gave to the guy who yeah killed his dad. But it was probably know. the captain. Well, the thing about Ro- the idea of Rollo Tomasi is it could have been literally anyone. Like yeah. the the guy. Is is a literal ghost because he all that happened is he's he's a guy who got away sh- like shot his dad disappeared for all they know he's been dead in the gutter for thirty years yeah. or he's left the country or he's just an upstanding member of society who knows yeah. they'll never find him yeah and so um that's the thing then you get um and that's why and the, I think it's the idea of Rollo Tomasi that really pushes um yep. Him to shoot the captain in the back. Yeah, because he knows the captain's going to get away with it. He knows the captain's in a great position where the guy's a cop. The guy's ha- like have the, the, the guy's, guy's very the storied career. The guy also has a lot of power and is also a cor- like is also very corrupt and willing to do things that he wouldn't be willing to do. Yes. And, he, and he probably knows that the uh, that Dudley Smith would be perfectly willing to shoot him in the back. Yes, yeah, so shoot him in the back first. first. Yeah, when in doubt, we- shoot first. <laughs> Worked for Han. Oh, have you heard about the latest edit? Oh, the McClunky? Yeah, they shoot it both. They both shoot at once. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, why? To fix the whole Han shot first thing. Uh, it's still not solved the problem in my mind. No, but Han Han shot simultaneously. Excuse I, me? I, all I want out of a streaming service is for them to show the theatrical versions of Star Wars. so nice. Because I've never seen them, and they're so difficult right. to find... Oh, if only they'd put out, like, a 4K Blu-ray of it. But I'm not sure if those scans really exist. Like, the the original, um, like, the theatrical cut is a very rare thing to find. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, only so, there's, um, there's probably, like, single-digit film reels of it. I know in the States it's listed in their um, National Film and Sound Archive. Really? Yeah, so you can book an appointment. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it was listed... If it was Australian, I'd be, con- I'd be like, almost dead certain it'd be considered in our National Film and Sound Archive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's in the film reel for the Library of Congress in the States. Wow. Yeah, I read an, artic- I read an article about it, someone who watched it comparing it to the OG. <laughs> oh, what I'd give. Yeah, I know. I, I think it'd be a good moneymaker, honestly. Oh, it'd be a way... You know, you know how you can get a whole bunch of people signing up for Disney Plus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. T- take out your McClunkies and your handshot seconds. Yeah, we have a high def remakes of we have high def re- restorations, Blu-ray, Blu-ray quality uh, scan of the of the theatrical yeah, 1080p. Cut. Yeah, hey, I'll take it. I don't need I don't need 4K. I don't have a 4K TV. I I do, but no, nothing runs 4K. Oh wait, I think I do have a 4K TV now. Whoops. I I oh did you get 4K TV? Yeah, fucking got, sick. Got a new TV. See, see my my. The TV in my back room, that one's 4K, but... Anyway, no- this is not about yeah, LA Confidential. It, this I, is- I, I just wanted to say that nothing will fucking run 4K. Like, I can't run 4K Blu-rays on a PlayStation 4 Pro, which is bullshit. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> um, As we were talking about LA Confidential... Yep. Yeah, like, yeah, so I think that's why I actually shot him in the back. Is oh, absolutely. Like he, he knows that, like, if he lets him get away, he'll just keep going, doing it. Well, exactly. Like, the guy's gonna get away with it. And we, and we see that, like, even afterwards... He kind of gets away with it anyway because yeah. he, he, the the captain, like this horribly corrupt guy, becomes hailed as a hero. Yeah, but I think the issue the issue with the whole hero thing is that um the the issue with that is that it's come back down to the LAPD image. Yeah, exa- uh, exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, he's still getting away with it. There's no like 
they can't besmirch his honor. They can't yeah. like smear the guy. He's still people are still gonna look at him and say that there's the greatest police captain we don't ever had in the LAPD, and that's it. Yeah, it's like um, and then actually you've got actually um. Who's sitting in the interrogation room because they're gonna like try and charge him with something? And like, throw the fucking book at him is what they're trying to do. And they're like, "You're gonna need two heroes." And they're like, "Ah, oh, shit, he's right." Ah, oh, fuck, we can't let him get away with this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And you can't exactly have like Bud White be the hero. No, he doesn't. Portray- he, do- he doesn't come across as very uh, Bud, very good for they, it. They don't like Bud White. He, no. They reckon he's a bit of a thug, and he is. Like honestly, yeah. And, and that's also his image. Yeah. Like if you if you think about um what Exley's been portrayed to the people of Los yeah. Angeles about, he's already won a Medal of Valor less than a week ago. Yeah. He's already a very big deal, and he's another to- one. Yeah, exactly. And for him to be at the center of this. You can either smear him and throw him under the bus for everything there, in which case, what kind of police force are you running that uh, that gives pe- that gives horrible monsters medals? <coughs> yeah, medals of valor. Yeah, exactly. People who go out, go around shooting uh, other cops on um you know on their off days when they've just won medals of valor. What kind of awards are you giving out to horrible monsters? Or they can try and you know say hey he's he's actually a good guy still you know top top tier we're making him chief now like he gets yeah. promoted because of it yeah no he gets promoted yeah he, he becomes head of the next precinct good on him <laughs> yeah uh stop getting promoted my dude <laughs> he's his career jumps a lot in a very small amount of time he went from lieutenant he went from sorry sergeant yep to lieutenant to lieutenant detective lieutenant detective lieutenant <laughs> To then head of his own precinct. Yeah. Police chief. <laughs> yeah. Captain. No. Yeah, captain. Yeah, it would be captain. Yeah, he's gone. Whoop. Whoop. <laughs> Top tier. He's like, hello, I am captain now. Well, looks like my detective days are over three weeks after they started. <laughs> well, I'm done being a detective today. <laughs> uh, I, sorry, sorry, guys. I've, uh, I've peaked. <laughs> He does kind. Of, he does kind of top out where he uh, topples a uh, thirty-year corruption ring within his first month as a detective. Yeah, you know how are you gonna top that? Yeah, exactly. He over, he overthrew years of work. Actually, could have actually could have found the Zodiac killer. <laughs> I mean, we already know who it is. It's Ted Cruz. What? Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't he leaned into that a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I don't yeah. know. It's a bit garbage. How how fast can you go, man? Although I didn't think it was, I, I thought it was a bit longer than like three weeks. It was, but it's probably like two months, if that. Because I know that the time between like the night owl and and the Christmas Eve, or bloody Christmas or whatever they called it, yeah, is a bit of a time jump. Like a whole court proceeding goes through in that time. Yeah, true. Um, so it's yeah, it's definitely not like oh next day. Yeah, but because of the pacing of the film, it's like really unsure about it's, how fast they're doing this. It's a very quick-paced movie. A lot of time gets skipped in a very short sequence. Also, to be fair, um, Meeks' Meeks's body is decomposing. Oh, it, yeah. It's been there a while. Yeah, it's been there a fair while. I think a rat died in the wall. What the hell? That's no rat. <laughs> yeah, a real big one. <laughs> they just gives him the cash out of Meeks' wallet. That was one of my favorite lines in that in the movie is when she's like, did a rat die down there? And he says, and he calls Meeks just a giant rat. I fucking love that. It was just like this real heavy-handed beat. Yeah, the bit where and, he pulls out the gun. It's like, I have a permit for that. I'm a cop. I'm an ex-cop. 
And then, like, Stensley doesn't know who he is, and it's like, uh, the hell. Which, which is where they kind of get on that, oh, yeah, he's lying. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's why... The fact that, the fact that he's, he's, uh, he's part, like, the person he's been seeing and an ex-cop that he worked with. In fact, one that he worked with on many cases, which is how they kind of crack open that corruption yeah, case. Yeah, you know? they get into that corruption. Um, but, yeah, no, I really liked the style of this because mm. it wasn't as dark as like noir is noirs tend to be a bit lighter it's a lot it's pretty well and uniformly lit a lot of the time yeah i didn't notice a lot of like heavy shadow yeah like in the night scenes obviously but apart from that like not really it's mostly but even then it's not like it's it's nowhere near like no to go with you know the maltese falcon or the third man where you've got entire sequences in almost black with just little bits of gray and uh, white circling around like, you know, like, picture la- uh, last episode with the Maltese Falcon when um, Archer's shot. Yeah. The ho- it, it's it's a lot of, like, very dark lighting and very, you know, yeah. obscured sections. This one doesn't have any of that. No. It, it's it's a lot more, you know, it's it's a lot more of a modern thing. Very st- Like, as far as, you know, visually and stylistically, yeah. it's, it's very modern, but it also has, like, a lot of the cinematography, like, a lot of, um, a lot of the shot types yeah. are, are very film noir. Yeah, they they have like some of those angles and then mm. some of the um just the sizes of them. Yeah, and they also had like Danny DeVito being a narrator throughout different parts of the film. Yep, um, which I thought was pretty good. Oh, he's great. I love Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is a national treasure. Yeah, a world international treasure, treasure. <laughs> galactic treasure, <laughs> universal treasure. Perfect, interdimensional treasure. Yeah, true. <laughs> just an army of little Danny DeVitos. <laughs> There's an alternate uni- there's alternate universe Danny out there and they're all perfect. Yeah. They're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. There's no <laughs> need to have perfect. another. There's no need to change it. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the Danny DeVitos is just an Olympic athlete and one of the and it's just the same as like Danny DeVito. <laughs> <He's> unchanged. <laughs> yeah, but it's just re- it's just an, some weird sports being added. Charlie McDennis. Two electric boogaloo. I really liked that. I mm. also, yeah, most of the noir aspects of this film come from the setting in like the fifties in LA, yep. and the fact that everyone is like the worst human being out there. Yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Every everyone's got something to hide, something sketchy about them. Like no one is perfect no. in this film. Yeah, the only one that's kind of okay is Lynn. Yes, but at the same time, she is run. She is at the same time she is a celebrity lookalike prostitute. Prostitute. To be fair, she just dyed her hair blonde. Yeah, pr- plastic surgery or not, still a celebrity look like a lookalike prostitute. Yeah, but that's you like know, that, pays the bills. Yeah, I know. Keeps the lights on. Get dude. a real job. <laughs> Don't judge her for what she can do. <laughs> I love the first scene where Bud kicks that guy out, and he's like, "I'll call your wife." Yeah. <laughs> I think she's the only one that's okay, really. Mm. Yeah, she gets looked down a lot on because of what she does. Yeah, and then there was um, yeah, because bloody uh, actually has a go at that one girl who's like, looks like this actress, <laughs> and it's and Vincent is like, that, oh, I, that is that actress. I love the look on Vincent's face, like just before he gets splashed in the face, like right as he's about to be like, uh, that is her. <laughs> <laughs> you do realize that's. That's her. It's, yeah. That ain't no hooker. <laughs> She's so fucking mad. Yeah. I love it. It's such a good scene. He just gets shit on for it. Yeah, like I like that because like, up until then, actually he'd been shown as like some really good guy and it knocks him down a peg. Oh, yeah. Which I felt like he needed. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, that was part was pretty funny. 
it's it's a good little twist to comedy. There's some really good like uh, like really snappy lines in this. They're just yeah. a good laugh. Yeah, like when Danny DeVito, they're like interrogating Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah. And they're like they're punching him and stuff. You gotta really learn to pull your punches, dude. Yeah, and then it's like, and now untie me. And and like uh, Dudley's just pulling on gloves. Oh, God, that asshole. And he's like, oh, God, no. But come on, let me go. Let me go. No. I'll yeah. do anything. Dude, dick move. I like that guy. Yeah, there were two Australians in that film. Really? Yeah, Simon have... Baker. Isn't hmm. there as well? I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's, he's the young blonde actor. Is Simon Baker? Oh, really? Oh, fuck yeah. It's really? a really young. It's a pretty young oh Simon Baker. God. Yeah, the hair is there, man. Okay. Yeah, the hair. If if you notice, you got the jawline too. Yeah. Huh. I did not. I didn't notice that. The accent's way different. Oh yeah. 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 Because you, si- you got Simon off. Baker and um Russell Crowe. I was also going to say Guy Pearce. Is Guy Pearce Australian? Pretty sure Guy Pearce is Australian. No way. Oh, there's more Australians in this than I thought. <laughs> I, I just nursed Crow. Yeah, Guy Pierce is Australian. Oh, he was fuck. on Neighbours, oh, like every nurse, other Australian. Like every Australian actor, Neighbours or Home and Away, or both. Yeah, Guy Pierce was in it. Because hmm. he also had, um, yeah, because he had Guy Pierce. you had Russell Crowe, you had Simon Baker. I forgot about Russell Crowe being an Australian. Technically, he was born in New Zealand. Uh, was he? I think so. I was always told he was, a, I, I was, always told he was an Aussie. I'm pretty sure it's Russell. Most... I you think, gotta remember. I think Most, Carl Urban's from New Zealand. Yeah, Carl Urban's yeah. definitely from New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, um, although a New Zealand citizen, he's lived most of his life in Australia. Okay. For Russell Crowe. That's what I mean. Like, he's yeah. kind of... You know, take credit for him when he does good. And yeah, then when we, he's and, throwing phones at people in hotels. So he's in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, he's not from Australia. He's, he's, he's a Kiwi. Oh, he moved to when he was four into Australia. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's one of those ones where... Mostly Australian. He went to high school in New Zealand, hmm. and yeah, okay. he's just like been back and forth a bit. So he's he's a cross Tasman icon. Damn flip flopper. Yeah, pick it, pick a side, man. Pick the big nation. <laughs> Land or sea, choose a side. Yeah, but yeah, no, there was there, there's a fair few, there's a couple of Australians in this film. Yeah, well, now we've just seen there's at least three. Yeah, there's three of them. So that's that's like half of Australian actors. Hey, Alex. Yeah. Do you think the captain is Irish? <laughs> How many times can he say boyo in the in the second and third act? Yeah, no, it was it got really bad. And then he was like, but, then he said something about Ireland or something. Yeah, first half it's like whatever, you know, he do, nothing comes out. Then for some reason it's like something clicks over and he's just suddenly like occasionally bleeds into an Irish accent a little bit and starts throwing out a whole bunch of boyos. Yeah, I think he finally one, found where his character was going, and it was a weird place. At one point, he says Ireland, like like with a bit of an Irish accent, and I just thought, hang on, when did you become Irish? Yeah. The boyos I got, but everything else, you've been fairly American. Oh. What up? That's where I've seen this guy. Um, He was the uh, scientist in iRobot. Oh, okay. He was also in um, Babe. I don't know what he played in Babe. What about Babe Pig in the City? No, I don't think he was in that. <laughs> Maybe just Damn. doesn't want to work with George Miller. I <laughs> <laughs> still bizarre, bizarre people. Oh, uh, I think um he plays the owner of Babe. I think it's been a while since I've seen Babe. Okay. Um, because he's listed as Arthur Hoggett. Yep. And I think that's pig pun. Yeah. I'm. I think I've seen Babe Pig in the City. Yeah. So Babe, I mean. Oh, I not think. not Pig in the City. I don't know. <laughs> pig in the City is a sequel. Yeah. yeah, I know. Cause yeah. That, um, yeah, that's directed by George Miller. 
Hey, man, don't diss on the guy who directed Happy Feet <laughs> and Mad man, Max. That That's the thing that throws me off sometimes when you look at, like, a director's career and it's just, oh, yeah, kids movie, kids movie, and also fucking Mad Max. Oh, it's like um James Wen, who's made, like, Saw, Aquaman, yep. Fast and the Furious 7. Uh, guy knows how to block button. The Conjuring. Guy, guy knows how to put a, put an audience into a chair, that's for sure. Yeah, and, like, the thing is, is that, like, one of the first films he made was Saw. Yep. And now, like, the lighting guy directs those. <laughs> James Wan's another Australian. Is he? Oh, uh, he's Australian-Malaysian. Okay. Um. Yeah, so, pretty cool, eh? Yeah. Yeah, like, he's made The Conjuring, The Nun, Saw, Furious 7, Insidious. Hmm. Like, he's done a lot of horror. A, a lot of modern horror. And then Aquaman. <laughs> Yeah. Which is also really good. Don't get me wrong. Which, I love which Aquaman. Which is a cinema horror. No, it's not that No, bad. Aquaman is actually really well made. I really enjoy Aquaman. Mm. It's Underwater Black Panther. I was thinking about that comment you made about Underwater Black Panther and had something to t- like that was just going to tear it a- like tear it apart and I totally forgot what it was. Yeah. I yeah, I don't remember what it was, but something just where I was like I I can refute this, but I can't It's Underwater Black Panther if Aquaman was a mixture of Killmonger and Black Panther. Kind of true. Yeah. Don't fight me, 1v1. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed LA Confidential. Yeah. Oh, um, I, th- I thought this one was... Ac- this one's really fun. It's really enjoyable. Well, fun might not be the right word, but it's really enjoyable. It's, um, it's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit lengthy, but it's worth it. The pace, yeah. it, pa- it paces really well. It paces really fast, really. It, do- it does, but I, li- I like a bit of fast pacing. Like, it keeps no, you, in- no, it keeps you a, interested. No, it's a good fast pace because it, it's not like a breakneck speed where you're like, what's going on? Yeah, it, it goes at a speed at which you can keep up with what's happening, but at the same time, it doesn't waste time milling about. A lot of the scene, uh, almost every scene has purpose, or I think every scene in this movie has some, has good purpose behind it and builds towards the greater mystery. And yeah. It's, and, it, and it's good where, like, it has, you know, the characters are really interesting. Like, they've got a lot of depth to them and a lot of uh, motivation behind them. The, like, overarching mystery has a lot of great twists and turns, and it's really interesting and really and really fascinating. Um, as far as film noir goes, it's a lot... I, it's something... It's definitely due to the fact that it's modern, where it's a lot more, it's a lot more violent than you'll see in a lot of, like, yeah. classic film noir. You don't really get, like, a third-act action sequence and shootout in a film from 1940, 1950. Yeah. No, you don't really. You get, like, a shot fired in the dark. Yeah, exactly. Like, the th- that's the whole... Like, the third man, um, Double Indemnity in the Maltese Falcon, we don't get any shootouts in those. Like, the third man, we get a chase scene through the um, through the sewers, and we get, like, what, one shot fired? Yeah. Um, Double Indemnity, there's only, you know, two gunshots fired in the whole movie, and it's two people at each other in the third act. Yeah, it's it's um it's definitely one of those things where there's just most of the most of the violence happens off screen. Yeah, or like one shots, which I like because it makes it it, it makes, it, makes it more, more powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's about making that single character death more impactful. Where un- unlike you know, I don't recall how many corrupt cops are shot in this movie in that final act. I. When um, X-Ray's going after the Night Owl guys, I didn't mind that because he was using a shotgun. Yeah. So it packed a lot more of it, like a visual and like audio yeah. punch. Mm. But yeah, it's, there's just a lot of shootouts. Well, I know about there's a lot of shootouts. Lot, there's, like, there's maybe like two shootout sequences yeah, in this. Yeah, and there's the bit where um, Bud and uh, Ed are like crouched down and they're getting shot at through the walls. Yeah, which is a great... It's, it's a really good final act. 
Um, oh yeah, I, I really I, enjoyed that bit too. Yeah, I th- I think that shootout's actually really well done. Where they they there's a lot of them working together and working to their strengths towards the end. Yeah, that I really like. Yeah, actually, it's the smart cop. Meanwhile, uh, like Bud immediately goes, "Well, we're fucked," and starts pulling guns out of his car. Whereas, whereas yeah. Exley's just got his service pistol in his pocket. Yeah. Um, whereas White's saying, "They're like, all right, well, I keep a shotgun under the front seat, and also here's my 1911. Let's go." Yeah, because the thing I liked about um Bud is that, like, as Lynn says, everyone underestimates Bud. Yeah. They just think he's well, just th- dumb, but he's they not. They think he's a meathead. No, he's just a hothead. Yeah. Exactly, he's just headstrong. Yeah, you know? he like, he's like because Lynn Lynn says tells Exley that she he's underestimating Bud. Yeah, because because when they're looking up um when they're doing the when they're scoping out like the Night Owl case, he goes for a completely different lead where he tries he actually finds out about Lynn that way. Yeah, but to be fair, he knew who she was. Yeah, he knew. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. He's he paid attention. Like he was looking yeah. around. Um, instead of going, okay, well, I'm going to follow the the lead about three Negroes shooting out shotguns. That everyone else is chasing. He goes, well, here's one of the victims, so I'm going to look into that. I'm yeah, going to no, look into I recognize that guy. who she is, and then yeah. yeah. So, so he fo- yeah, exactly. He follows that lead, which shows that he he pays attention to who's around him, who's who's in the yeah. car at the time, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So he, he does do a good amount of detective work. No, he does. It's just that no one expects it from him. Yeah, no one expects him to do detective work. Yeah. The. Dudley calls on him just when he needs a beat down in a motel so he can have someone play the even worse cop card. Yeah. You know? Because you've got Dudley playing the, um, you know, bad cop. You've got the... You've got his hired Good, thug. bad, worse. Yeah, exactly. It's like, he's cop. He's bad cop. He's even worse cop. Oh, tell me what you did, Sonny. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell him to stop beating your ass if you tell me what I need to know. Come on, boyo. <laughs> Fucking boyo. God, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing though, especially about the part I just remember about the part where he gets shot in the back. He's mm. pulling out his ID. Oh, and he's his got his badge up, up. Yeah, and he just gets shot in the back. Yeah, he's he's perf- He's completely defenseless in that situation, but you know he's gonna fucking like. He just totally claps him just out of nowhere for it. Because as Dudley mentioned earlier, to actually, Bud White's the kind of cop that. Is willing to pull the trigger. Yeah. Is willing to beat down a suspect. Yeah, is every everything it actually isn't. So like yeah. Bud White and actually work well together because they're they're the muscle and the brain. Yeah, but like with both of them having characteristics of the other. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but but each one is willing to go where the other won't or can't. Yeah, because actually he's able to manipulate people like that. Yeah, he's able to play the the game of like words and politics where he can tell yeah. pe- he can give people what they want in different ways. Because he got that guy to. Uh, piss himself in the interrogation. Yeah, just by playing a snippet audio. Yeah, by just knowing. Basically, he he's he's the kind of detective who can figure out how to get people to say what he needs them to say. Like he figures yeah. he knows if he says this, he can get that person to respond in this way. Exactly, which is a you know powerful tool for an interviewer to have. And I think Jack Vincennes kind of leans a bit more towards Exley as well. Where they have a very similar interrogation technique when they're um when they're going after the like the night owl case yeah where yeah he like they, yeah they they have a, they have the exact same way of grilling what like this one guy like they're approaching this boxer and they're just like you know basically mirrors of each other where they're just bouncing off like oh you know I can give you this I can give your brother ten years off if I have a word to the DA and that's the kind of stuff that yeah. you know Exley's good at yeah Exley Exley's good at the schmoozing yeah. He's really able to work people like 
and make them think he's working with them, whereas X is better at just manipulation. Mm. Which I, which is what I love about this film is that they're all like so different characters. Yeah, it do, it does a good job of setting up three very different styles of detective work that have a little bit of, of of overlap here and there, but also have like you know very different approaches to it. Exactly. Yeah, and and, and except for White and uh, Vincennes, we get them all working together in some way. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think White and Vincennes ever really talk to each other. I don't think they have much together. No. No, but which apart from that, yeah, they work together. The two Australians on the beat. <laughs> wow, yeah, the Australians get away with it. It's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Score one. <laughs> yeah. So next week, what are we doing? We're doing John Wick. Sweet. So th- so I know it's a bit strange. It's a neo-noir. <laughs> yeah. All right, for fuck's sake. I was hoping you wouldn't make that joke, but here we are. Here we are. We're going to make it next week as well. Yeah. So that one, it's. I, I was thrown off when you first suggested it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, okay, John Wick, sure. But I think you're right. It does kind of fit into the noir style. Yeah. Not so much like the same. It's not so much the same story ideas. It's very different on that no, regard. No, it's, it's very different. And But it's like, I think unlike it's a bit like the reverse of LA Confidential where like yeah. all the characters and stories was very noir. Um, but the, the, the style wasn't. Whereas John Wick's style and lighting reflects more... Noir? Yep. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about John Wick. Yeah, we'll break that one. down next week. Just leave the man and his dog alone. <laughs>